0: Hello, this is Teresa Freeman, your host of Relatable. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to a high school senior, Jackie. We cover a lot of ground in this conversation. As you listen, you'll hear Jackie talk honestly about comparing herself to others and the pressure that creates. She also tells us about being in a military family and how moving a lot has impacted her socially, and also how all that moving around has made she and her family stronger. She talks very honestly about pushing herself outside of her comfort zone and the importance of positive self-talk. A little behind-the-scenes info for this podcast, the day me met was cold and rainy, and I wanted to create a nice, comfy environment for Jackie, complete with a crackling fire. (laughs) I didn't quite think through how that might come through on the audio of this interview, so you may hear a little crackling in the background. And I think now would be a good time to introduce my dog, Moose. She is a Border Terrier. She certainly likes to be part of the action, so you may hear her collar jingling as well. (laughs) A big thanks to Jackie for sitting down and talking with me. We hope you enjoy this episode. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to meet with us. Um, You are a senior in high school and um, are good friends with my nephew. And I also know your mom pretty well. So that's kind of how we know each other. And we've had some good conversations and I thought it would be a great opportunity to share some of your experiences With the people that are listening um relatable is about helping people find connection through story and hear how your experiences either people may see themselves in you and may benefit from that or just also i always feel like when we have these conversations we learn things and um can get great counsel from everybody so thank you again for being here i really appreciate it no problem thank you for having me Um, So I want to ask you about your experience being part of a military family and your experience moving a lot. So how many times have you moved? Like, what do you remember based on that experience?
1: I think moving around, we've probably moved around, I would say about four or five times. When I was younger, it wasn't as hard just because I don't think I really got the concept of it. Like, I knew I was moving and I had friends and then I'd move and I'd make more friends. I'd actually be excited to move. And then I think as I got older, I kind of understood like, oh, I'm actually building like relationships and like I'm building a life somewhere. And then I'd move and then I'd be like, oh, wait, I kind of miss that person. I kind of miss like my life back there. So... It didn't really affect me when I was younger, but as I got older, it really started developing like the concept of moving and having to readjust to a new environment, sort of.
0: Did you, what's, do you have one or two that was more, like more difficult than another? Like do you have certain memories of ones that were really tough?
1: I think the most recent one was more difficult. Moving from Georgia to here okay. was more difficult just because I had a really good best friend and I had some, I just started new relationships and I guess also going into high school as the new kid, I was, I kind of developed a social status in Georgia where I was and so going into high school I was ready there with the people that I was with but going to a whole new place and a whole new state in a big city DC and then going into high school as well on top of that was kind of really big (laughs) yeah so like major steps all at once but
0: how long were you in Georgia
1: I was in Georgia for two years
0: okay so that was seventh and eighth grade seventh and eighth grade and Mm -hmm. was that because we we've had other young guests on this show and we've talked a little bit about that experience of middle school so was that a good experience for you
1: um I was it was on and off kind of so I was more of a reserved girl in middle school I would be more quiet and I was happy with how I was and who I was friends with like I knew I wasn't like popular like the stereotypical popular person or anything I would stick to my own like drum and everything I'd stick to the same people and I was happy with that but then I'd realize like I wanted more like I don't know I would watch other people and be like oh well I really like that so trying to be the person that I wanted to actually be instead of sticking to my own drum I'd realize that in middle school and that kind of confused me but that was more towards like eighth grade and
0: did you you said you were shy right like were you more reserved or was that like I think in another conversation we had talked about kind of the tale of two selves like you you said you found actually you're you like being around people you're somewhat extroverted but back then you felt more reserved and shy or is it just harder being who you wanted to be
1: I think it was a mixture of me trying to find out who I wanted to be and being afraid to try and figure that out with people and everyone at my school i tried my best but i knew that that i wasn't being the person i wanted to be right kind of
0: and that was um and i'll ask this again later too but like is that more socially than academically or both
1: definitely more socially yes academically i it was it's always been hard for me academically. I was always the person who needed to study. Like my brother, he's really good and he always like can memorize everything, but I've always been the person who has to like study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't come easy to me. So I've always had to but I I noticed that in the beginning of middle school. So I kind of got that rhythm down, but the social aspect I was still kind of discovering myself. And so That was kind of the awkward period in my life, I think, finding out who I wanted to be and who other people wanted me to be, so... Right. That's actually a big lesson, the who you want versus what they want. Exactly. Yeah. Where does that
0: come together? So you said that then going from 8th grade to ninth grade, it's this opportunity, right? Because you're leaving... Yes. And you don't know anybody, and it's a bigger city, and you know it's going to be a bigger school, so what were some of the things that you thought about to prepare you for that move like was there anything you did intentionally as you were thinking about that
1: so I know that I'd always kind of played volleyball in Georgia I was a part of the rec team in in Georgia and I knew that sports were really big in high school like And I knew that it would be a way for me to possibly connect with people that I've never met before and maybe automatically get some friends. But it was really big for me because, like, I wasn't that outgoing. So I was, but then the concept of no one knowing who I was, you know, I could technically be whoever I wanted to be in this new place. So I was like, okay, well, I've done it before, so I went and I tried out for volleyball, and I got on the team, surprisingly, (laughs) and so I made some friends, and my dad actually, he was in the at tryouts, and he was like, I'm not going to leave until I see you talk to some people because I know how hard it is for you. So I had to go and force myself. It was hard, but it was really, it, it helped me in the long run. I went into school with some really good friends, and we were kind of like a team, like a family. So
0: volleyball is a fall sport, and you were able to meet people before school actually started, right? Yeah. And how nervous were you to try out in terms of, like, what what was the motivating... And you mentioned your dad, so was that more parental like pushing, or was that also your own, I th- your own motivation?
1: I think that the aspect of me trying to socially become more involved with the sport was more on my parents, because they knew that I wanted to, but they just needed to push me a little bit, so that... Him staying there kind of pushed me, which was good because I'm really happy that I did that because I probably would have like stuck stuck to my own drum as I did in middle school. Right. But I was more there for the idea of like starting a new kind of lifestyle, like going for something that I never would have, kind of starting this move with a great big first step, you know, maybe doing this would get me into a new rhythm, a new type of mindset so that first forcing myself to do something that I never would do kind of going in with an expectation of me not even making the team but ended up making the team it gave me confidence as well so that was really good too
0: yes I feel like that's um, come up in other conversations we've had with people and I think this idea that putting yourself out there and trying new things and risking something you get reward yeah build some confidence to try something different again. And it ends up being a ripple effect. So, and you had mentioned too, I think just, I think in a previous conversation, but I'm curious about this intentional, like you said, you wanted to have a different version of yourself, maybe not be more in line with what, who you wanted to be. So the Mm -hmm. sports thing was a part of it. What were, was there anything else in terms of how you approached school or meeting people that was different for you?
1: Um, I know that I always had trouble kind of starting the conversation with people and just being able to go up to somebody and be like, hey, so my name is Jackie. How are you? Like, let's be friends. Like people always said just to go up and it'll automatically start happening like a connection. I was like, there's no way. That's weird. (laughs) And but so I was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to try it out. So I did. And um, it you know it was hard but it slowly worked obviously it it wasn't like oh you know hi my name is Jackie and it didn't like automatically spark but after a while I kind of got the concept of being able to open myself to people without a fear of judgment of who I was like I don't know that confidence just had really built up so
0: and how would you say since then uh, what your experience has been like because now you're four years later, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, and I'm sure a lot's happened in that four years. So just in terms of, um, you know, there have been a couple things that have stuck out for you in terms of that experience, but either challenges or successes or things like, did you try, are there other situations that you tried something new or, right, that you continue to kind of push yourself?
1: Yeah. So as I, I got through high school, I had... Realize that putting myself in a situation where I would think would be uncomfortable for me because I've always kind of been a scaredy cat of doing something so doing trying out for that volleyball team had made me realize like okay well I did it I forced myself to do it and it and it worked. You know, I, once I put myself in a situation, I can't really back out, so might as well keep going. So I was like, okay, well, I know I've always kind of been interested in theater, so I had done that the same with theater. I had joined the class. I had met a bunch of cool friends. They're really all outgoing, so I kind of got into that system as well, and I went out and I auditioned for plays, I had always had stage fright I still kind of have stage fright actually but I always just kind of I walk in and I'm just like okay you're gonna do it you know just kind of don't even think about it I go and then I'm like okay wow so that just happened how do you
0: feel after you do something when you feel all that fear and you don't know what the outcome is going to be what does it feel like afterwards
1: it almost feels like it didn't even happen. Like I'll, I'll be with my friends, like my best friend, Ashley, she, she's kind of the opposite. She kind of, she's very confident in herself and she can just go and do it without fear, but I'm the opposite. I go in with complete fear and I'll be like, wow, that just happened. Like I just, I felt like I was watching myself the whole time. Like it wasn't even me. Like it was, but I felt really accomplished. Like I had, reached another goal of mine and as I kept reaching those goals it was just it was really relieving and
0: I think that's another piece it's like what's the worst that's going to happen right
1: exactly Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just like
0: these things that are terrifying uh, even as adults right I'll say to myself like what's the worst thing that's going to happen you know people may laugh at me (laughs) yeah or people may think something other than I want them to think but really at the end of the day is it I think sometimes your mind plays tricks on you and it can make it so much bigger.
1: Yeah, sometimes, it, depending on whatever the situation is, but a lot of the times it's really only like five or ten minutes of your life. Like lots of people aren't going to remember that who you think are judging you then. I always tell myself that, and like other people, I watch other people do it. I'm like, okay, well, they can do it. I can do it. You know, it's fine. It's only five minutes of my life. I'm okay.
0: How have you generally found um, the community of like your age group, so are people? So would you say generally people are supportive of each other? Do they keep to their own group? Like I think that it's been a long time since I've been in high school, so I don't know that I fully understand the whole social landscape now. So are is it is it still a fairly compartmentalized place where it's like groups are with their groups and there's not a lot of crossover? Or do you feel like generally there's like a sense of community and positivity? Relatable is sponsored by TFA Soft Skills, your one-stop shop for workshops, coaching, speaking, and soft skills development. If you'd like to hire Teresa, visit www.tfasoftskills.com for more information.
1: When I came to Centerville, one of the first things I actually noticed was how friendly everybody was. And I'm being a military brat. I always realize that when I go somewhere, I can automatically see groups like I've just been able to see that. But here it was completely different. Like people are very welcoming. I intermingle with a bunch of different people, people like everyone's kind of mutual and like, yeah, there's some groups, but not like distinct groups that you can't be a part of or something like that. Like everyone's very inclusive, I think, at least from my perspective and very supportive. I, I think that a lot of my friends and their friends, like we all, we're kind of all in it together. Like, especially now we're seniors, you know, we're all going to graduate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah we're all like okay we're all gonna go out into this world might as well go together you know we got it y'all let's (laughs) yes exactly exactly so I think that's just at least that's the mindset right now and I think that's been the mindset kind of all throughout high school
0: would you say you have felt and this may be changes at different parts but if you felt more academic or social pressure
1: in middle school i would say social but now i think definitely academic i think that a lot of it comes from us comparing ourselves to each other like i'm friends with a lot of really 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 smart people and i know that i like my brother he's really smart my dad he's really smart all my best friends they're like they'll have like 4.0s and over and i don't have a 4.0 and over so and just getting used to new academic systems, and I don't know. It's just, and you know, sometimes parents too they they want you to like you know go to college and you know have a certain GPA by the end of, when you graduate. And if you don't reach it, then you kind of are like, oh wow, I'm awesome, great. <laughs> and so like, so I think like it's just everything, friends, kind of the environment that you put yourself in. You know, I feel like if you are friends or in an environment where it's not as much of a priority you don't feel as stressed
0: so it's interesting because you mentioned friends and then you mentioned parents and then also is there an internal like your own internal pressure to compare against others or i think and this was i i don't know for for me, I mean, I was also surrounded by very smart people that all went to really great schools. Mm-hmm. So I had that moment of like um, what su- how success is defined in high school and in that one way. Right? Yeah. This idea that like there's one kind of smart. Yes. As you mature and as you evolve, you'll realize there's lots of different kinds of smart mm-hmm. and people can um get to that in a lot of different ways. And this is just, you know, I think that high school for it's such a big, rich developmental period. There's typically this one system that people go through. Exactly. And there's people that are I think better geared for that system and they're just naturally in tune to how that system works and do well. And then there's others that um it comes later or when you have things that are more interesting to you. Mm -hmm. That, you know, so I think there's a lot of ways you can be smart and so and you'll find that as you continue. And I think it's hard when you're in high school that that your circles that it's your sphere of experience is so small. I'm also curious that there's this notion that for certain people it comes very easy, right? It's like it's, it's so much easier for so and so and so and
1: so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't know that that's entirely true. Like I'm not sure people are very honest and open about how hard they're working. Or.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's
0: easy to go do that compare or that what-if game. Exactly. And that just comes with, you know, as you, like, mature. So in terms of, like, um, your – just if you can think about, like, what are some of your proudest moments?
1: I think some of my proudest moments would include me auditioning for a play yeah. and getting a role, doing the play, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I think another one would be doing the SAT. I got a better score than I expected. I was very nervous, and people hype up these type like big tests, for, and I've I've known to not be a very great test taker, so I was very nervous for myself, and to know how much pressure is riding on that for college, especially like I. I was like, okay, well, I conquered it and then I saw the great the score and I was like, "Oh, okay." So like I felt very good about myself then. Um, I think and just in general just reflecting back from how much I've evolved as a person from middle school to now, like the type of friends that I have like When I was in middle school, I never imagined that I would be who I am now. Like I, I dreamed about it. I was like, I want to be the girl who has like all of her friends here at the house, and like I want to be the hangout spot. Like people are asking me to hang out on the weekends. Like that never happened, and like have really close relationships with my teachers, and like really be involved with the school, like school spirit all the way. And like I'm looking back, and I've done all those things. I've gone to all the games. I've really been involved in. I just really like it, like the idea of it.
2: So going into that first play, what was like when you stepped on stage for the first time, what was going through through your head then and then throughout the hour and a half or however long the play lasted, like did you get more confident with every scene and mind that that you had? <laughs>
1: Um, yes, definitely. The, f- the first thought in my head was like, okay, well, cause I was going to walk through a door. So I was like, okay, I'm going to open this door and it's either going to be a lot of faces or I'm just going to like black out. Like, I don't know. So we're just going to walk through the door, you know, one step at a time, you know, that's what they say. <laughs> so, so I opened the door and I just like, I look straight to the person next to me and then like the switch just came on like I was the character that I was supposed to be and like the lights were looking at us so I didn't even see anybody's faces so right, yeah, but like right. it's it still like I once I'm in it I'm in it kind of thing yeah. like I was the character and then I then we bowed our heads on stage and I was like oh my gosh okay I just did that that was insane like oh my gosh it was crazy
0: I think it's really cool that you, whether some of it you, what you've talked about seem to be very specific goals that you set for yourself and they were intentional and then some things seem to happen more just by you participating and being an active participant. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the idea of setting goals or having specific things that you want to accomplish mm-hmm. is really important. Yes. And being able to and it's, it's a spectrum, right? It's it's like trying out for something or even if it's within an academic situation, getting to know a teacher, exactly. uh, getting to make new friends, like whatever it is, but setting that expectation for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when you meet that expectation, I think that happens. It's such a great way to start preparing for life
1: after school. Yes. You
0: start to mm-hmm. create a pattern. Yeah. And then you're able to
1: do that. Yeah. If you create a certain specific goal, I've realized that there's not much wiggle room for you to come out of that goal. Like if you set a general goal, like for example, if you want to like lose weight, like I want to lose weight, you know, by the end of the year, well, you don't know when that is, right. so you don't try as hard. But if you set, like, a specific date to it and, and a, a specific amount of weight, you know, you start to, like, do a system, like, okay, this will get me here by this time. I'll lose that much. Like, it's right. just a different mindset type.
0: So you talked about some proud moments. What have been, if you had to name two challenges that were hard, you know, hardships or things that were a struggle for you, what, what would those be?
1: I would think... A big challenge is actually right now. Um, I got into theater. That was a very big passion of mine, and now I got involved with other things throughout high school, and I've kind of become a little bit distant from that group of people, and they've kind of, you know, they've, you know, continued with their lives and everything, and I've realized that, like, oh, I want to reconnect, but reconnecting is really hard right now, because I don't know if it's because we've had a lot of time lost in between now and then, but we're going to do, like, senior battles at the end of the year and everything. So I think reconnecting with some people that I've gotten distant with is a little bit of a struggle right now. So that would be one. Another would probably be the stress on college as well. Having everybody... Like hearing where everyone's going and where everyone thinks is a good school, and where everyone thinks is a bad school, or a good GPA for a school, and oh, that person's not going to make it, but maybe you have that same that exact same grade, but they just don't know it. It's kind of like it's very intimidating in that aspect.
0: In terms of the friends and reconnecting piece, how much of that is in your control that you can drive, and how much of that, are you know, do you need other people to be receptive to that?
1: I think I have control over it. I just need to make time for it. Yeah, make it a priority, and they could reach out too, but I think that it's mo- probably more me. Just because I've had my job and they hang out 24-7. I'm just not able to hang out and just like small little things like that. But I could definitely put myself probably forward more to try and really make it a priority to reconnect with them because they're really such a great group of people and I, I miss my time with them. and yeah <laughs>
0: so I think one of the things that I'm hearing as you're talking is that you're pretty in tune to yourself and you're also in tune to like the bigger picture, which is really hard I mm-hmm. think at, at your age. Um, and so the fact that you have some perspective is really cool and the, and the idea that you have a sense of this is difficult or this is a challenge but I, I want to address it. I think on the on the college, side of things um, I can only imagine how frustrating or, or scary that is just in mm-hmm. terms of it's all around you we live in a very competitive place yes. and I think sometimes um, you know the priorities that, that we have mm-hmm. um, here myself included can get warped yeah. and can sometimes um be misplaced. And so you're in the thick of it right now. So really, anything else to do,
1: it's
0: not gonna, I don't think it's going to lessen the pressure, or the stress. But I think <laughs> what I would say is that this too shall pass. And that, um, you know, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day, because of recent news events with college um, entrance and things like that, mm-hmm. about how you know, at the end of the day, if I look at my group and my network and I look at all the schools that everybody went to, uh, there is a wide range of schools and a wide range of aptitude and experience in the real world that where you make a living and you, you know, when you leave that four-year institution, there's so much about being likable, about being able to collaborate and effectively relate to others. There's so much that isn't in a textbook and that isn't measured the way that you're used to for all that time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would say to you and anyone that's listening is that it's a moment in time and it sucks. And I completely get that. I think there's also light at the end of the tunnel and Everything kind of – I'm a big believer things happen for a reason and that your experience – I ended up going to a very small school. I was just talking to my son about this last night. I ended up going to a very small school because I was not very strong academically. It took me a while to catch up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to leave the school. I'm going to leave the school. And then I ended up developing – relationships and because it was a small school I did theater I played tennis I ended up in like a student government role there were all these things that I did there mm-hmm. I never would have done it at a bigger well wow. and frankly I needed a smaller school because I needed that kind of attention in the classroom for me to, to catch up
1: exactly and so
0: sometimes you know whatever your belief system is but there is something else at work for you and having some faith in that that it all kind of works out but I I fully appreciate
2: that you're in the thick of it. And, yeah, Pat. Um, I was just thinking about this, kind of going off of what both of you have said, with, like, you mentioned that there's been a lot of conversations between this school being good and this other one being bad. Mm -hmm. So, what are the biggest reasons that makes this school, that makes school, X school, a good school, and Y school bad? Like, what's the two biggest reasons that differentiates good from bad and kind of going off of what Teresa was just saying with there are people everywhere who come from different back, backgrounds it's how you use your degree more than the name on it yeah so like kind of what are the biggest reasons that oh you're
0: asking in terms of uh, as kids are talking yeah. what makes a school attractive to go to mm-hmm. and what what yeah. makes it less appealing uh
1: I think it's probably a lot has to do with the acceptance rate and the average scores and everything. Like, if there's a really high acceptance rate, then it's like, oh, that's an easy school to get into. Like, the competition is less. Or, yeah. Yeah, the competition is less. And so... It I've, mean as much. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean as much. So, I feel like if the competition is more and it's really hard to get into and you get into it, people are like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. You got into that really great school. Well, it's great because the competition's more. Or if it's a really big party school, people think all the slackers go there, so you don't want to go there. It's kind of like, okay, but that's not the only aspect of that school. Like, you, the whole purpose of it is to get the education. Like, we all get the same thing in the end, I think. Yes. Like, I don't think many jobs will be – I've been told this, like, at least – by a few people that not many jobs hire you based on what school you went to It's if you got your degree
0: <laughs> you know I've, hr is my career for the last 25 years and what i will tell you about that is it's network mm-hmm. so as you you're already building a network you don't even know it so the fact that you're like hey i'm starting to feel some distance from these people that i was good friends with and the fact that your inclination is to stay connected that's a good thing, right? And your, your purpose is genuine, and it's, you miss them, but there's also value in being connected to people and having a network, and you never know where that can lead you. Every job that I've ever had is because I knew someone else, mm-hmm. every single one, whether it's starting when I was 15 years old and I was a camp counselor. So it just, you know, the attention to kind of relationships mm-hmm. is super important, and Uh, in my opinion, way more important than your GPA coming out of college, right? Exactly. Because having those relationships is so important. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about parents because we're going to just switch gears a little bit because I think parents – I was at a thing last night um, for college. It was for juniors, but I I went just to sit in. And at the end of the panel presentation, which were representatives from college, the woman said, okay, parents, I want you to turn to your children – and I want you to repeat after me that this is your process, right, in terms of applying to school, mm-hmm. um, that I will be here to support you, but that this is your process, and I will not stress you out, right? Like, and she had some other things, and everyone had to be about that. And then the kids had to turn to their parents and say, this is my process, and I'm going to own it. That's and awesome.
1: Careful,
0: and I'm not going to stress you out. And everybody was laughing, but it's like, how, how do you um, – What has been helpful to you in terms of your own experience, Mm -hmm. whether it's in as it relates to the college piece, but also just generally, like throughout the last few years, what has been, what has been the most helpful to
1: you? I think with my parents, it's how supportive they are of me and how much time that they put into whatever I'm interested in, like they don't force me to do something that I don't want to do. They kind of see what I want to do and then based off of that, they go and they put everything that they possibly can into that thing that I I like so that I can strive in it and be successful. And with college, they kind of did the same thing. So if they saw that I wanted to go visit a school, they went and we went all the way to the school, and we visited it, and we toured around, we saw the town, my dad and my mom, my whole family, we all went, we were all, had a very good time, and, like, it's just been like that always, I think, because we are a military family, we are our one constant in life, we move around, we have all this stuff changing, but ourselves are our constant, so that's just made us really close, and so, I... I can, (laughs) and I can, I can just tell that they really want me to be the best person that I can be, and so with college coming up, that's showing a lot, and like my mom, she works at George Mason, and she has all these connections, and she's helping me, you know, get advice from professors and, and not even just not to go to George Mason or anything, but just in general with other colleges too. I got accepted to James Madison and she's helping me around with that. Thank you. (laughs) So we're going on a visit soon. So it's just, it's lots of support and love and lots of dedicated time towards what I want in life. And it's just lots of appreciation.
0: If you'd like to advertise with Relatable, please email us at info at for more information. Okay, and on the flip side, I would ask how can they be more supportive? Or what could they do differently uh, that would feel better or that would be more helpful to you? Some other ones that have come up before are... um, a tad bit impatient so that um, if we see something on the grade <laughs> report or we hear something or if I'm observing a behavior that um, I need to be more patient with um, the explanation or more patient to hear the whole story before I jump to conclusions.
1: So that's, uh, okay. that's
0: some feedback that i received. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that actually came up in another in another conversation which was that uh, similar to what you said there's a lot of support, a lot of love, a lot of like we're here to help you be the best you can. Mm-hmm. Be. And then the flip side of that is there's also this energy behind that that then is a lot of expectation. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. Um,
0: and this idea that you want to please your
1: parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, and that's you know that's hard too because I don't think as a parent you always see that you always think that because of what you're seeing or observing Mm -hmm. that that undercurrent is that you want to please yourself but you also want to please your parents and sometimes that's hard if your parents are overbearing
1: yeah kind of in your you know exactly yeah there's been many times where you know I'll slip up or something and then they'll be like wait what what happened i'm like nothing It's, it's okay i just had a little slip up like you just have to explain to them and luckily my parents have been very understanding but they've definitely had their moments where they're like wait that's not okay like you're better than that i'm like okay well there's a little bit more to the backstory of that like there's things that build up and then you know something happens and it's complicated but
0: right i love what you said about being a unit because of your traveling and I think from that I uh, there's probably uh, well you mentioned that there's trust but I think there's a an honesty or familiarity that perhaps you have with each other that Mm -hmm. maybe is not always the case in other families that
1: definitely yeah
0: because I think that it's like, if y'all, you have it, each other.
1: Exactly, yeah. Then
0: you know, too, that that's unwavering, mm-hmm. um, because you've been through a, a tough situation together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's really cool, and that, um, do you feel that, like, if you were in a situation um, where you were in trouble, or you needed them but you had done something not exactly in line with what you should have been doing like can you make that call
1: I I definitely can I think that my mom has talked to me multiple times she used to be a counselor so we were very close and she had always said like okay I understand you know you're a teenager and you're human you're gonna do things that you're probably running gonna regret we all have done things that we're gonna regret but I don't want to be <laughs> yeah and so she was like well I don't want you to be in a situation where you've done something that you regret and you're scared but you don't have anybody to come to and I could be there for you so I would rather you tell me and then we discuss you know reflect on it like I won't be yelling at you or anything because you're probably just as scared or worried or panicked as I would probably so we could discuss it and understand you know together and realize what has happened and what we could do next time type thing and so I think hearing that has really kind of made me s- not stress out too much about it and that I can confide in them to kind of comfort me through this different stages of life and <laughs> <laughs> she probably wants to strangle me though because I get too comfortable and I talk about everything so she's probably like oh, okay <laughs> um, and, you
0: know, there's always like you know sometimes your greatest strength is also like can be um y- sometimes it can lead to difficulties right like, yeah that's the way the world works um, mm-hmm. so I only have a couple more questions one thing I was thinking about just because you are a senior and you're now looking ahead to the next big chapter, what would you what advice would you give yourself going into your freshman year? Like now that you have all this experience, right? If someone's listening that's either just starting and maybe they're a freshman going in their sophomore year or even eighth to ninth grade, like what are what was what is some of the advice that you would give?
1: Probably to be really interactive with the high school, really build a life in high school you know high school it's only going to happen once be comfortable because you're going to be there for four years you know build a good study system as well because you're going to have to really maintain it like I didn't get a study system until probably midway and I realized oh that's junior year you know the most important year and I'm just now starting this new system hopefully it works type thing so you know that was studying and then you know don't be afraid to really just branch out and if you realize that you don't like something that you become a part of like a club like oh I didn't really like that well that's okay just try it you know you can pull yourself out it's not a bad thing you know you tried and it's just really putting yourself out there I think because then in the long run like in college I've heard from some of my friends that are in college they've said that too like When you're more indulged in your environment, you enjoy it more. And when you enjoy it more, then you try harder at being successful in that environment, too. So I think that's really good.
0: So you mentioned something about a study system, because I'm sure there's, especially given our whole conversation on academic pressure. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you learned that um, helped you in terms of your study system?
1: So... I've always been someone who has to study a lot. (laughs) It's never come easy and I think you know notes the typical like notes, reading, um, flashcards definitely always. I always have flashcards and just a repetitive like process of just I study, and then I take a break, then I come back, and I study, but with almost everything. So it's time-consuming, but it's always kind of worked for me. It just helps build everything in my brain to kind of stay there.
0: Do you do something every day?
1: Or no. Like
0: I you guys have a block schedule, so do yeah. you break it down every day, or is it, like, in terms of your time management, how do you do
1: that? So, I usually use Sundays. Sundays are my big study day. <laughs> and that's when I kind of just cover all my bases. But throughout the week, I make sure to not override myself with too much work. Because, you know, you, you spend like seven hours in school and then you come home. Yeah. you. I know. You spend seven hours in school doing all this work. And then they expect you to go home and do even more work. And you're just like, okay, wait. So, I give myself a break and then I I review I don't do a heavy 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 studying during the week but I do a review and then Sunday is usually like my heavy studying yeah Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: you mentioned before teachers and I would like to ask you about that a little bit just in terms of I think there's a lot of people that are afraid to talk to teachers yes definitely to approach them especially like I was a in some classes, especially some sciences where I struggled, I was one of those kids that like was average. And so nobody's really talking to me and I'm not really talking to them, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I wasn't the worst of the worst and I wasn't the best of the best. Exactly. So I yeah. So under the radar. Uh, and I wanted people to think that I was smart and I wanted my teachers to think I was capable. So I thought if I went and talked to them and was open that I would it was sort of a reality that
1: mm-hmm. I
0: wasn't willing to face. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was less about being afraid. I think it was really more about owning up to, like, if I went and talked to this teacher about having this grade and I'm struggling, it it's a reality check for me. Mm-hmm. What I hear more often, given what I'm trying to do right now, is people are just afraid to even approach them because it's sort of an us and them mm-hmm. or their, right? So how have you navigated that? Have you found that developing relationships with teachers has been beneficial to you and talk maybe just a little bit about that and what your approach has been
1: I find that building a relationship with teachers it it does help but sometimes it can be still intimidating even if and same if you don't have relationship because you almost at least with me I struggled with asking teachers questions because I was scared, yes, but I also didn't want to disappoint them. Like I, I wanted them to have an image of me that I was a good student. I knew I was, I knew what I was talking about. I was listening to them all the time, and I've had a few teachers where if you ask them a question, they'll be like, "Well, did you not just hear me? Like I told you." And so I kind of had that like, "Oh, well, I don't want to disappoint you. Like I want to show you that I can do it on my own." Type thing. So, but I soon realized that that wasn't helping. Like with math, I'm so bad with math. It's my w- worst subject and I was really struggling and my, t- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would join. <laughs> Start back. <laughs> <laughs> yes um but my my teacher and I we we had no relationship at all and so it made it almost even harder if I didn't if they didn't know who I was as a person well they only knew me as a student so and that was through my grades and my grades weren't that good so I would I would realized that I had to kind of force myself to go after school and I did it the first time and you know we kind of really connected through that and he realized that oh I was struggling and he's like okay well we'll help you get through this so I ended up going like three times a week after school because it was the only way to get my grade up. I didn't like it but I realized what it was doing for me and it was also helping me connect with my teacher and better understanding his way of teaching because. I didn't really understand it, but after going after school and everything and him explaining stuff more on a one-on-one type interaction, it really helped.
0: And they're human, mm-hmm. I think. And they're in a role that most of them, not all, because you know, you're know you going to have some bad teachers, mm-hmm. most of the intent is there, and if you just show that vulnerability to them, exactly. They, they really... I have a good friend that's a high school chemistry teacher, and she has said to me on a number of occasions that kids that communicate with her directly and not the parent Mm -hmm. and that are trying when she's doing that grade book Mm -hmm. that's in her head you know that's like a c my c plus there are c plus B Mm mine if you are if you've made yourself vulnerable, and put yourself out there uh, which isn't easy Mm -hmm. and that's hard to do but you i feel like you put yourself into a lot of situations that um are difficult but Mm -hmm. you
1: can
0: see that through and i think even on what you've talked about, like you've seen some real success from doing that, mm-hmm. which is really great. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we're going to wrap up, but I um, appreciate just how honest you've been. And I mentioned at the top of this, like it's called real <laughs> but I think there's so much power in hearing um, your true story and how that's impacted the decisions you've made. I did have a thought as you were talking and I'm just curious how you would characterize in terms of um you know people say you're too hard on yourself, right? Have you have mm-hmm. ever heard
1: that? Yes, right. many so, times. As
0: you've been talking, like that's kind of come through for me a little bit. Like do you find that is that voice in your head a positive voice? Um because it has got you through a lot, right? I'm going to try this out for this team, and I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to try this play, and then I'm going to do the play, and I'm going to go talk to this teacher. Like that's all positive talk, right? That mm-hmm. gets you there. Yes. Um. So how how do you handle sort of the the harder one, right? Where it's like you're being hard on yourself, or you're, you know, you're. How do you manage that or work through that?
1: I can be hard on myself a lot, <laughs> and I definitely realize that. Um, it could be with social, academic, personal, physical, anything. Um, and because me and my mom have such a strong relationship, and I always go to her because I know that she's practically, she's she's been through it all, and me and her are really like, so I talk to her a lot. <laughs> and also my friends, I just, I'm one of those people that when I say it out loud and I talk myself through it out loud, it could be to someone, it could be in a journal, it could be just to a wall. If I say it out loud and it's not only in my head, it really helps me process what I'm thinking and what I think sounds, you know, oh, that's just me being, you know, over, over-analyzing everything or, oh no, that sounds like a, a serious thing that I probably should, you know, discuss and you know, really think through. So. Has
0: your mom as a counselor given you any good tips for thinking positively or changing that voice from being hard on yourself to a more positive frame of mind?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say probably just realize that instead of being like, why aren't I this? Why aren't I that? Well, what can I do to get to what I want to be and put in put the time and the work into getting to what I want to be because then I realize how much happier I would be with that or you know is that really what you want or is that what other people want you know are you just comparing yourself to other people again type thing so you know don't always say like I don't like this about myself be like well I want to be this or do I actually you know right right it's like what do you really want Mm mm-hmm so
0: I just had a conversation last night with my son about that. <laughs>
1: because
0: there's what you want and what you're willing to do for it.
1: Exactly. And
0: there's a, oftentimes a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is extremely common for people your age and older, right? Like, and, and that's just something that you, depending on how, um, I think, in tune you are with yourself and sort of wanting to evolve and grow, um, but that gets easier as you get older, but definitely understanding, do you really want it and what, you know, what do you want to do to get mm-hmm. Um, but I love to, you're, you giving some great advice, but I love this idea of like talking it out loud or finding a friend or just having a way to let it, um, not fester mm-hmm. and swirl, right? Because I think that's where some like, um, not a lot of good comes from that if
1: you're stuck yeah. In your head, we're Oh, yeah. My dog's heard me yeah. rant to him many times. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> well, I thank you
0: so much for your time.
1: Of course. And thank you. So honest.
0: We really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> and
0: I think for this one, it's Teresa Freeman. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And thank you again to Jackie. What an awesome interview. A special thanks to Pat Rouleau, the producer of this episode. If you liked uh, this conversation, please subscribe and rate Relatable on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable.